You are listening to episode 64 of the Sunday Shakeout, featuring an interview with Nashville Masters athlete and seasoned marathoner, my friend Renee. and welcome back to another episode of the Sunday Shakeout. I'm your host, Nicholas, and today I interview my good friend, Renee. Renee is a seasoned marathoner and half marathoner, having raced over 200 times at the 13.1 distance. She is a master's athlete and has massive amounts of experience in the world of road running. Not only that, Renee is probably one of, if not the biggest supporter of the Sunday Shakeout. If you have ever seen the section for episode comments on Spotify, you will know that she has commented on pretty much every episode, which is just completely incredible. So thank you, Renee, for your unwavering support for this podcast, as it means a lot for the growth of the Sunday Shakeout. Our conversation today was a complete blast. We discuss Renee's start in the sport of running, some mental adjustments that she's had to make throughout her career, and how she runs for not only performance, but most importantly, joy and health in the physical and mental benefits that it gives you besides just running PRs. We also talk all about injuries, longevity, consistency, and we talk all about the marathon distance, including fueling, prep, and some of her most memorable races. If you are new to the Sunday Shakeout, let me give you a quick rundown. This show strives to offer valuable tips to get you stronger, faster, and less injury-prone. Through engaging interviews and insightful training discussions, the Sunday Shakeout aspires to impart lessons that contribute not only to improved running, but also personal growth. The Sunday Shakeout is taking strides to highlight individuals at every level of the sport and make the running world a better and happier place. Renee is a true gem in the running community. Her wisdom and experiences applicable to all levels of running, whether you are just getting started as a teenager like me, a seasoned marathoner like her, a mountain trail runner, or everything in between. This conversation was a lot of fun and I hope that you enjoyed as well. So, without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with my good friend, Renee. All right, Renee, well, welcome to the Sunday Shakeout. It's a pleasure to have you on today. First question, you know, just how is your training been going? You know, what's maybe the mileage looking like? Some workouts? Uh, are you preparing for any races right now? Just talk about that a little bit. Okay, so I just started a new training block actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's a, it's it's a little bit of a hybrid between half marathon and full marathon training. I'm looking ahead towards the Berlin Marathon, which will be my first full marathon in five years. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's been a while since I've had marathon volume training, and so I'm trying to kind of dip my toes in and make sure that that I'll be ready to go come late summer when it's time to really start training for Berlin. So I'm starting to do some faster workouts. Um, I'll be honest, I'm struggling with the faster workouts a little bit, um, but it's early. It's early in the training block, and you know, I've got a good solid base. I did 14 miles yesterday and felt like I could have run considerably longer. I just need to work on the speed a little bit. Yeah. You say like marathon and half marathon, like so humbly, like, yeah, I'm just training for a half marathon. Um, but I think that speaks to like, how many half marathons have you run again, Renee? Like you've ran like so many, haven't you? Like over 200, something like that. 
231 to be exact. That's crazy. Now, 231 half marathons. That's a lot of experience, but you know, let's go on our time machine a little bit. Let's go back in time. You know, 231 half marathons is no joke, but you had to have started somewhere. So how did you get your start in the sport of running? Were you like many of my listeners starting in high school, running in high school, or were you more of like a late bloomer? I was definitely a late bloomer. To be completely honest with you, um, I used to beg my mom to excuse me from PE class on the days (laughs) that we were going to run. And I still, I feel guilty about this to this day, but the very last day of my senior year, we were supposed to run a mile and, you know, grades were already submitted. Like I was already going to graduate. And so I skipped class that day and I still feel guilty about that. I wish I could go back and find my PE teacher and apologize and tell her that, that I've made up for it. (laughs) You know, I've run many thousands of miles since I skipped that, but I got started running about 10 years ago. I was honestly, I was trying to impress someone that I had just met. Um, And for for some reason, I have no idea why we were getting to know each other. And they said that they were a runner. And I said I was too. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, that voice in my head was screaming at me and saying, no, you're not. Why did you say that? You're not a runner. You don't like to run. Furthermore, you can't fake being a runner. You know, you're, I was, I was sure that I was going to be exposed as a fraud. I didn't want that to happen. So I went on Amazon and ordered a pair of running shoes because I didn't know anything about running stores. Um, So I ordered a pair of running shoes and started running. And I still remember it's about a mile from my house to the main highway. And I still remember the first time I made it to the highway and back without having to stop and walk. I was like, I'm doing this. It's going to work out. Um, (laughs) And so that was a little over 10 years ago, and I've been running ever since. That's pretty incredible. So did you, like, you said you ran, like, started running, like, 10 years ago, but, like, did you fall in love immediately? Like, when you, that voice in your head was like, you're not a runner, and then when you became a runner, was it like you flip a switch, or was it something that took a little bit of time? It took a little bit of time. And I think this is always something good when you're talking to adults that have started running. Because when I first started running, I really didn't find the actual act of running to be all that pleasant. In fact, I kind of thought it was awful. But pretty quickly, I realized that I liked the way running made me feel. I liked the sense of accomplishment from, you know, going out and running I liked having to reason having a reason to be outside. Um, I liked the fitness benefits. Yeah. And so I would tell myself while I was running that, you know, maybe I'm not enjoying this right now. But overall I enjoy running. And so, you know, I continued to run for a while just very kind of sporadically when I had time and when the weather was nice. The more I did, the more I wanted to run more. And I still I can still picture exactly where I was. I was running. It was a spring morning. It was beautiful. And I realized right in that moment that I was not miserable. I realized that I was enjoying the fact that I was running. And that was really a magical moment for me. That was kind of the transition from running being something that I did because it was good for fitness to being something that I truly loved. Right. I want to talk about that a little more, like, how have your, like, goals and perspectives on the sport, like, especially 
as a master's athlete athlete like how have they changed as your running career has progressed like it sounds like you're you're a lot in the joy and really like the physical and mental benefits that running gives you not just the performance but how do you maintain that balance because it can be really tempting to just be like oh my gosh i didn't pr in this race like why do i even run anymore like i'm not even that good but how do you maintain that balance and maintain that happiness you hit on it because it's really, you know, it's really about the joy in running. Um, you know, running's meant a lot of different things to me over the years, but for a long time, what running really gives me is it gives me mental clarity. It helps me to de-stress. Um, it's so it's, it's tremendously valuable to me, whether I run fast or slow simply for that, that kind of mental reset and refresh. And that I find, you know, surely at my age, I'm probably not going to set any more PRs, most certainly probably not any PRs in the half marathon, but I still get so much joy out of just being able to run that the fact that I run slower, I can't say that I never think about it, but it's not at the forefront of my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now, obviously running fast is not a huge like I guess it's not your main priority anymore it's about longevity so how do you like how do you maintain consistency throughout your running career because obviously I know that you've sustained like your fair share of injuries but what are some strategies that you employ to keep your body healthy uh, throughout your running career so I definitely my number one goal is to someday be able to say that I'm a senior grandmasters runner. So, you know, that's and to me, that's just as motivating of a goal as, you know, trying to set a PR or something like that. I'm determined that I'm still going to be out there putting one foot in front of the other, however fast or however slow for as long as I possibly can. And so, you know, in terms of consistency, the things that I do really haven't changed too much. Um, early on, I kept, I always made sure that I had a race on my calendar. So I had, you know, some kind of external motivation, something to train for. But when I transitioned more into just running because I loved it, um, the main things I do is I really prioritize the time that I'm going to devote to running. You know, so it's, I won't say that I physically put it on my calendar necessarily, but for all practical purposes, I protect that time on my calendar. You know, I run early in the morning because that's my favorite time of day. And so I go to bed early so that I can get up early so that I can go and get my run in before I even have to think about going to work. You know, I really treat it as as important of a part of my schedule as, you know, work meetings or appointments or things like that. That's probably the number one thing. Yeah. So you're almost like you're running for life. Like running is like a core part of your life. Like you don't just, you're not just running a marathon. Like you are a runner. Like that is a part of your identity. Now I want to talk a little bit about injury prevention. I kind of want to just shift the subject a little bit. Obviously you've, I've heard a lot of reports on how, you know, you've had your fair share of injuries. What was that knee injury you had? Like what was specifically like a was it like meniscus or what was what was going on? No, I do have a small tear in my meniscus. Um, however, what really what ultimately ended up being the diagnosis was I have a partial low grade tear of my semi tendinosis tendon. Oh, right. <laughs> 
I don't even know what that is. It just sounds bad. I know, right? And semi-tendinosis tendon sounds like the Department of Redundancy Department. But um, it's one of the three muscles of the hamstring. And so it's the one that connects on the inside of your knee. And so I think what was what was happening was my hamstring was not functioning the way it was supposed to. And, you know, a lot of times you're at risk for a stress fracture when your muscles aren't able to handle the load, like the impact force from running. And so I think that's what ultimately happened. Um, I think that the meniscus tear was, I will maybe just kind of a coincidence, but I think it was not of much significance, you know, and if you talk to a lot of, a lot of doctors or even a lot of runners, you know, I think most of them will say that nobody in their forties has a normal knee MRI. So, you know, bottom line, what I ended up doing was letting the stress fracture heal. Um, and then I started running again and I immediately strained my hamstring again. So I dug a little bit deeper between a physical therapist and a, and an orthopedic doctor to diagnose that tendon tear. And so it's been a lot of rehab work to try to really strengthen my, my hamstring and especially that semitendinosis muscle. And, you know, not to bore with bore anybody with too much detail, but it's really the eccentric strengthening because it's the load that when you push off. Yes. And so it's been a lot of really specific rehab work um, dedicated to that. And I I do believe it's made a big difference. The other thing, you know, I've I've been on like a four year basically injury train. And the other significant thing I did was I now only run four days a week. For oh. most of the time that I ran, um, I did six days a week, aiming for around 40, 40-ish miles a week. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of studies out there that say that running more than five days a week and running more than 40 miles a week are strongly correlated with injury. But I just assumed that those studies applied to other people and not me. Right. (laughs) But I think what I learned is um, they probably do apply to me. I mean, there's plenty of science that say, you know, that says as you get older, the time that you need to recover and things like that, you know, it increases, it changes. And so I've been running four days a week now for eight months or so. And I don't want to jinx myself, but this is the longest string where I have not been injured, basically, since I turned 40. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> actually pretty cool. Like, eight months, that's... When you think about it, like, after, like, four years and then you have eight months, like, that's actually a huge milestone. Now, you talked about running four days per week. Do you ever cross-train? Like, I'm curious about that, to hear your thoughts on cross-training, because... It's something that no runner wants to do. Like, I don't want to sit on the elliptical for an hour and do all that stuff in my dark basement. But like, do you ever do stuff like that, whether it's elliptical, cycling? Can you talk about that? I do. I generally do the elliptical a couple of days a week, just for 30 minutes, like easy recovery run type, um, you know, heart rate. And then I've also tried to prioritize strength training, you know, lifting weights quite a bit more. And I really have no excuse if I'm only running four days a week, I should be lifting weights. And so I've been doing that um, really 
even before this eight month um, string started, I started it while I was still waiting to, you know, for the stress fracture to heal. And I, I do believe it's helpful. I don't love lifting weights. Like I love running, but sometimes when I'm in the gym, I just remind myself that I'm here so that I can run lighter. Yeah. I think that having that motivation, like I don't think there are too many runners out there who want to lift weights or want to do that, but you know, just showing up and recognizing that it's a part of the process can be really big. Like me, I'm like 14. I could probably get away with not doing any of the strength stuff and I'd probably be fine, but you know, it, it still does help and it's still crucial. Like just because you're a runner doesn't mean that, you know, lifting shouldn't be something that you should do. Um, and so I think that can be really big. Now, I think we've talked about all the, the topics that, you know, people maybe don't want to um, listen to, you know, oh, injuries and all that stuff. Let's talk about some fun stuff now. I um, like it. Renee, you've had a lot of experience prepping for races, 230 something half marathons or getting ready for the Berlin Marathon, arguably like one of the biggest marathons in the world. Um, so I just got to ask, do you have any like pre-race rituals or routines that you complete, you know, no matter the distance? So I don't have anything that I'm superstitious about, but I tend to be a very much routine seeking person. And so my pre-race routine is pretty much the same. Um, I generally, I like to, I like to arrive at the race early. I don't like to be like rushing around, trying to find a place to park 15 minutes before the race starts. Like that stresses me out. Yes. <laughs> so I get up early. I get there early. Um, coffee, a, maybe a bagel or a banana, and then a honey stinger waffle like 45 minutes or so before the race starts. Yeah. It's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it. Do you have like a go-to meal the night before? I don't really have a go-to meal the night before, um, but I do try to stick to, I try to have a big meal like at lunch and then a smaller meal for dinner because there's nothing worse than waking up in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm still full from last night. Like that's no way to, that's no way to, yeah. to hit the starting line. Um, and so I try to keep what I eat before race day pretty simple. Um, funny story, but before my hundredth half marathon, I went and tried a new Mexican restaurant in oh. in kind of a um like a very ethnic part of town and I got food poisoning. And so I ran my hundredth half marathon um while I was I was very, very sick and I finished. I won't tell you how long it took me to finish, <laughs> but I finished. <laughs> And actually, I almost made it back to the car before I got sick. And so that kind of did me in for any sort of adventurous eating, like even a day or two before the race. There's just no need to tempt fate. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So obviously, a lot can go wrong with a marathon. We talked about food, also just like fitness and, you know, bonking or whatever. So Obviously, going into race day, there's got to be a little bit of like pre-race nerves. Maybe not for you because you've done like a whole bunch of these. But how do you deal with pre-race nerves? Because that's a real thing and that can really like affect your performance. Yeah, especially for a marathon because you're absolutely right. Like there's so many things that can affect a marathon. And that's part of what makes it such a fun distance to race because there are so many variables. And every time I've done a marathon in the past... 
I always think, oh, I wish I could have done this a little different or, you know, I wonder what would have happened if I would have done that. Um, I do get really wound up, not so much before a half marathon, but I get really wound up before a marathon. I think I'm wound up already for Berlin, to be honest <laughs> with you, just because it's been so long. But one of the things that I do rely on is I've run some races in when I've been in pretty bad shape physically, um, not just food poisoning, but I've run some races. Um, actually, I did my first full marathon with a sprained ankle. Oh. And and then I followed that up like three weeks later with my redemption marathon. And so, you know, I thought three weeks would be enough time to to heal from this sprained ankle and get trained up. And, you know, really what happened was that I really wasn't healed and I definitely wasn't trained, but I did that. I finished both of those races. Um, the second one was actually in your hometown of Seattle. And so I remember going up the hill on Gaylor at like, oh, yeah, yeah, like at mile 18 or 19. And you just, so I, I mean, I can, I can get through anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. So when you are like planning out a marathon training cycle, um, do you like do any tune-up races um i guess that yeah that's my question yeah like do you have any like races beforehand because i know that like sometimes you like you seem like you're really big into racing um and the experience of racing itself so how do you kind of plan that out because obviously you don't want to race too much to get into that sort of situation that you were in where you had that sprained ankle and you were just trying to survive um, so you don't want to race too much, but at the same time, racing can be a lot of fun and it provides a lot of benefits. So how do you kind of plan that out? So as far as Berlin goes, um, I'm trying to be reasonable and methodical because it's been so long since I've done a full marathon, but I do have a race. Actually, it's Labor Day weekend and then Berlin, you know, is the end of September. And so I think that's probably a good time to to go ahead and it really just practice marathon pace because that's probably what stresses me out the most is, you know, to run marathon pace, it seems terribly slow when you start, Yes, you know, so, um, that'll be a good opportunity to, to have all the excitement of race day and hopefully really practice my pacing strategy. Yeah. But I, I, go ahead. Yeah. I say other than that, um, I don't have too much on my calendar. I think I've got a race in June and then I'll bet it'll be about time to start trading for Berlin. And so the only thing I have right now is, is September, the Labor right. Day race. Right. And so you practice a lot of race pace, you practice marathon pace. Um, you also must be pretty experienced in like fueling for like races or fueling like during races. So do you practice like your fueling strategy in training with like your long runs and your marathon pace work and stuff? And I'd I also do. like, yeah, and I'd also like to hear your thoughts on like fasted long runs. Like, does that have any meaning to you at all? Or like, have you ever heard about that? I have heard about um, fasting before running and it's not, it's not really something that I do. I mean, I'll, for my weekday runs, you know, I get up and I have one of those honey stinger waffles before I go run. You know, I don't, I don't eat a big breakfast, but you know, I've, experimented years ago with running um without eating anything and i think different strokes for different folks right but in my case i'm not really 
I'm not really concerned with losing weight or anything like that. I want to be fueled so that I can put in a solid workout and reap the physiological benefits. Yes. You know, I feel like if I'm, if I'm hungry and not, you know, not well nourished and, you know, maybe not well hydrated, I'm probably not going to execute the workout well, in which case I may have just been wasting my time. Um, Yeah. But I don't know, as with anything, I think it's great to try different things and figure out what, you know, what works for you. If it works for you, that's great. If it doesn't work for you, don't keep doing it. Yeah, I think that's one of like the core concepts for like even anything in running is you kind of just got to like figure out like what works for you. Like for me, I know that I can't get up in the morning and run unless I have like a big breakfast. Like for me, like I'm looking to like, get the most performance, like you said, out of every single workout. And so that really helps. But obviously for some people that not might not be the case. And that might be might be the same for like mileage and other things as well. So I just want to go into some final few things here. We've talked all about like, first of all, I, I just got to ask, I've been wanting to ask, ask this for a long time, but what are some of the coolest races that you've done? Like, do you have any local races or are you more into like the international and abroad running scene? So um, I've only done two races outside the United States, um, one in, in London and one in Munich, and they were both super, super fun. Um, you know, I love to travel. I love to go different places and see different things and meet different people. And so, you know, races are a great way to do that. You know, you see things, I think, in a different way. I see things even in my own neighborhood in a different light when I'm on two feet versus when I'm driving in a car. So I really love, and part of the reason why I've done so many half marathons is I really love going different places and just seeing things on my own two feet. And I always tell people, and if somebody's going to, you know, stand in the street and hand me a cup of water and block the traffic and, you know, all that. (laughs) It's really just a bonus. Um, You know, as far as like amazing places I've run, I've run through Cape Canaveral. And so, you know, all of the space program history there, like I'm such a space and aviation nerd that, you know, just being able to run there was amazing. I can also tell you that it's really hot and there's no shade whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) So it's brutal. Um, But just to be in such hollowed ground is really amazing. I have run across the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, which was pretty cool. It's not normally open to pedestrians, so that was a neat opportunity. (laughs) Um, I've run through the base where SEAL Team 6 trains, which was kind of humbling. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, by doing different races in different places, I've had a lot of... um, I've had a lot of really unique experiences that I don't think I would have had, you know, if I just visited and drove around in a car. Um, as far as local races, hidden gems, um, I have to give a shout out to, there's a race in Bowling Green. It's the BG 26.2. It's a challenging course in that the first half is really hilly, but then the second half is so flat. It's so fast. So you could just absolutely charge. Um, it's really fun race. It's really well organized. It's usually, it's the first Sunday in November, so the weather's usually great. The fall colors are pretty. The community support is excellent. Um, that's one of those races that I try really hard not to ever, um, not to ever miss. Yeah. Now, I want to end on a final question here. 
you know, obviously you've you've had so much success, so many adventures in the world of marathoning and in the world of road racing. What is one piece of advice that you would give my listeners who are maybe trying to become seasoned marathoners like you? I would just say that, you know, the greatest thing about the running community is that there's a place for everybody. So, you know, if you want to, if you're, if you're super fast and super talented, um, you know, there's a place for you. But if you're like me and you're basically kind of an ordinary runner in terms of pace, um, you know, you can still do amazing things. You can, I mean, you can sign up for races. You have to be clear about what your goals are. You know, if you want to PR every race, you probably can't run one every weekend. Yeah. You know, maybe a 5K, I don't know, probably not a half marathon. Um, I joke sometimes that I go for quantity over quality. But, you know, I'm my goal really isn't to PR, even though it's nice when it happens. My goal is really just to enjoy running in a community, you know, in a in a place where I can see something new and different. Um, so if you want to run every weekend, I'm proof positive that you can run every weekend. You know, there's a place for everybody in the running world, I think. I think that's what makes it so amazing. Yeah, it's not like uh, football or baseball or any of the, those other sports where after high school or college, if you're lucky you're basically done. Whereas with running, you can start in high school, middle school, or you could start in like your thirties and forties. Heck, you could even start in like your fifties. There's a place for you in the sport of running. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Renee, thank you for coming on the Sunday shakeout today. It was an absolute pleasure. And I hope to talk sometime soon. Thanks so much for having me, Nicholas. Yeah. Have a great day, Renee. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to episode 64 of the Sunday Shakeout. I hope this episode was insightful for you guys, and I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Renee today. I truly enjoyed that conversation. I think that it's good to get a variety of guests on the podcast from a variety of places in the running community. High school running is amazing, and I love all the people who are involved in that, all the coaches and athletes, everybody on my Seattle prep team, everybody who, you know, is just involved in this amazing sport at high school, cross country and track. But also, I think that road running is pretty incredible. Some of the feats that these seemingly average people that you see on the street do, you know, we can all be incredible people through running. You know, we talked about at the end there how football and baseball, those are all sports that in high school, you know, once you're done with high school and maybe college, if you're lucky, you're done, you know, unless you go pro and you're in the top 0.00001%. But other than that, you're pretty much done. Whereas with running, no matter where you are in life, you can always decide to go to your local running store, um, you know, just pick up a pair of shoes and go out the door, go running. That's what it's all about. It's all about finding joy in the miles. It's all about the journey of the running. And it can often be hard to see that. We can often be too bogged down in the PRs, how our workouts have been going, but it all comes down to why did you start running? You know, if you started running because of performance metrics, that can be great. And in fact, that pays many of the bills of the professional athletes out there. You know, if you can't run under 208.10 for the marathon, you're not going to the Olympics. But for most of us average people, not average, but most of us recreational runners, you know, performance, it is amazing. I love to see a new PR. I love to look down at my watch and see that I'm hitting my splits or that I'm getting faster or that my heart rate's getting lower. But at the end of the day, 
I just like to be a happy runner. That's what it's all about. So I hope that you guys can take that away too. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout, please consider following or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'd also really appreciate review in Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. And yeah, it only takes five to 10 seconds out of your day to give this podcast a five-star review, but it goes a long way in supporting the growth of this podcast, the Sunday Shakeout, getting it all the metrics for the system and stuff. I don't really know how it works. I just know that five-star review equals good. So please just take five to 10 seconds out of your day to do so. And that goes a very long way. Thank you to all my listeners so much for the support. Everybody at Seattle Prep, all my boys on the team, you guys go a long way in just keeping me motivated, giving me some ideas. And so I thank you for that. I want to thank Renee again for coming on the Sunday Shakeout. This is a big deal. Um, having an adult marathoner on the podcast, having someone who's had so much experience. Pro- she's probably run like almost a million miles, like probably 100,000 miles, honestly. She's run so much in her life, and so I just want to thank her. And um, yeah, thank you all also for the participation in the comments and polls down below. That means a lot. And if you have any questions regarding anything running, Always feel free to reach out to me at the Sunday Shakeout at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible, faster than Renee. So, you know, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and peace out. This is the Sunday Shakeout. <laughs>